This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of chest and genital dysphoria, bigotry and oppression in religious communities, specifically Christianity, American politics, and sexism against women. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jay. My name is CJ, and we are your co-conspirators and trying to figure out what it is that cishet people think it is we're doing. Oh, uh, but CJ, what's on the buy schedule for today? We're talking to Andy, and then we're going to play a game. Woo. It'll be fun. Hi, Andy. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. It's always nice to just have another podcaster in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah! <laughs> Everyone's terrific, but there's a certain energy with, ah, yes, you too, a podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I spend a little too much time doing podcasts, but I love them. They're fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the blessing and curse. Uh, tell us a little about you, Andy. Yeah, I, uh, I'm Andy. I'm a podcaster with uh, Lunar Light Studio Network, and uh, I spend too much time doing podcasts. I'm also uh, very, very gay, and uh, <laughs> before I came out, I went to Liberty University and was an evangelical pastor. So that is, you know, some fun facts right there. <laughs> is that like your two truths and a lie? because <laughs> i would do truth and lie that so hard people people do think all the time that i like am lying when i say i went to liberty um which is which is fun because i i'm not uh, <laughs> but, um why? yeah it, it was an adventure that is very very sure why would someone lie about that uh i don't know for like gay street cred i guess like <laughs> you went to liberty or people like immediately like start apologizing and i'm like you're not jerry falwell like you don't need to say sorry you're fine <laughs> i i get uh, not to the same level as you i was never a pastor in any capacity but i did go to a born again uh christian summer camp uh growing up uh like an overnight type thing and whenever i bring that up people think that like i went to the camp that's in the documentary jesus camp i'm <laughs> so like, curious oh. which camp you went to uh because you're you're in philly right uh approximate yeah okay yeah so like we we might have gone to the same evangelical sleepaway camp Who was knows? it in new jersey <laughs> yeah oh my was goodness. it halawasa no, I think my sister went there. <laughs> no, I went to Haycock. Okay, got it. What a name. It. Yeah, Haycock was, was great, though. Good memories of going to Haycock. Was yours also like a, because Halawasa was short, I guess, for Hallelujah, What a Savior. Oh my goodness. Was wow. yours a similar thing? or? I don't know. I don't know the origin. Um... Hallelujah, What a Savior. <laughs> Which, it's like, a great name, by though. the way, just taking that phrase and shortening it to something that sounds like, I don't know, somewhat, like, in indigenously coded, seems like a not-cool move, but that camp did a few not-cool moves, so. Yeah, my immediate thought was, like, oh, Halawasa, like, I wonder if that was an uh, indigenous name, but no. Okay. No, 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 of course not. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Um, cool, so tell us about your queer journey. Sure. Um, I think I knew some stuff was up when I was like real little. Um, I I distinctly remember I like got in trouble for um some like 
femme-coded behavior, um, which uh, I was like, oh, I gotta, like, hide that shit, like, very early on. I remember, like, tucking that away. And then throughout, like, middle school and high school, I, like, started realizing that I was different from a lot of my peers and trying to, like, categorize what that was. And around high school is when I definitely was like, you're attracted to dudes and that's not gonna fly. Um, (laughs) Mm. I very much like from an early age knew I wanted to be a pastor. My dad was a pastor. My grandpa was a pastor. um, And I had like a passion for my faith and my religion And I saw it as a way to help people, and I wanted to do that. Uh, But you can't be a pastor, at least where I was from, and be gay. So uh, it was a lot of the, like, try and pray it away, and uh, study it away, and read scripture it away. Um, And I went to, when I graduated high school, and I was, like, super involved with student leadership and ministry. Um. I went to then Liberty University, which is the largest evangelical Christian school in the world. Uh, They're very quick to tell you that a lot. (laughs) Oh, I'm Um, sure. Yeah. uh, Founded in 1971 or 79. I don't remember. Uh, But they had the year everywhere on campus. Mm. Um, And uh, still very much trying to, like, ignore the the gayness for the first two years i think by my junior year is when i was like this isn't going to ever go away so i need to start studying about it and figure out like what my position on it is going to be and uh i've read largely evangelical books about it uh because i didn't want to be like swayed by the liberals about what they had to say about it sure yeah (laughs) yeah um, I like only wanted to read what the conservatives said about it. And as I was like studying these books all junior year, I was like, this is all horseshit. Like, <laughs> none of this is consistent. None of it makes sense. And, um, by senior year, I was like very comfortable with the label of like, I am a closeted gay person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then upon graduating, I went to, uh, a seminary in Philadelphia. Um, I'm not going to like name drop anything besides sure. Liberty because Liberty is big enough that I can name drop it. But right. I went to a seminary in Philly and um, made a bunch of queer friends through the cosplay scene. Um, I also like got into LARP um, after Liberty and like made some queer friends through LARP and uh, kind of like merged the two friend groups. I got a bunch of my queer cosplay friends to start coming to the LARP I was going to um, and was like really comfortable with being out at game and in the cosplay scene while still in the closet at seminary in my home life. Um, I then met a real cute boy who um, turned me down a couple times. (laughs) And then uh, he, he ended up, uh, we met at near Comic-Con. Um, and he told me like, look, we can flirt, but like, it's not going to happen. And I was like, cool, cool. Like, I appreciate you telling me that. Like, as long as you're still cool with flirting, then like, that's fine by me. But in my head, I was thinking, you fool, you arrogant fool. I will boo you. (laughs) Um, I'm so charming. And it turns out I was right. And we started dating, uh, which got real complicated because I became a pastor also around that time. Mm. Uh, so I was in this like roller coaster, like secret romance thing while Mm. also preaching at a very conservative, uh, church. Um, and things eventually came to a head where, um, I felt like I had to leave and, uh, I came out and that kind of nuked my home life and my professional life. Um, but uh, Evan and I ended up um, moving in together and getting engaged. And um, we uh, we have a, a house now and things are great. But uh, 
Yeah, that's like the Sparknote version. That's the ah! cliff notes. Well, we love a happy ending for sure, especially when they involve cats. My gay agenda is very pro. Yes. Uh, wonderful cats. Um, we've had a couple of guests come on, like, because, like, religion is a very touchy subject mm. in the uh, queer space, um, yeah. particularly in the realm of Christianity, um, as practiced in the United States and beyond. Um, so I am always curious to hear about, like, because I am an atheist and I have been for, like, a really long time, um, so I am, like, so disconnected with, like, even the concept of religion or spirituality, um, but do you still, like, do you feel any kind of connection with that? Like, how do you, if so, how do you balance that? So when I, when I first came out, um... I felt, like, closer to God than I had ever been, and I think a large part of that mm. was, like, bully being fully open was, like, a really spiritual experience for me, and, like, coming out felt really spiritual to me. And then slowly over the years, um, I've been out now for four years, coming up on four years about that, um my faith has been completely eroded and I would, oh. I would say that I don't have any sort of spirituality anymore. Mm. Is that in related to your experience as an ex pastor or was it, do you find that like connected or just, it just also happened? <laughs> that's definitely, no, it's, that's definitely a huge part of it is um, like the, the abuse and trauma I went through after coming out mm. was like, truly buck wild uh and it was all from people who i loved and cared for very deeply whether it was uh like the the church i was currently connected to or uh my old church which like i still had like roots in and friends at or whether it was from um like family and very close friends um just like a lot of uh kind of obscene uh behavior from people and it like it is hard to wrap any sort of like loving god into that system i saw um this was also around the time when like trump got elected and i right. saw a lot of people i deeply respected sell any sort of like respectability or integrity away to a broken Republican party in order to get Supreme court seats. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how could you say you have integrity and like endorse that man? Uh, so like there was also that wrapped up in it. Um, Tyler Glenn, who is the lead singer of neon trees. Um, he did a solo album after he came out called excommunication and a big thing he talks about with that album is if your system of faith doesn't work for everyone, if it isn't open to everyone, if it doesn't love everyone, then it doesn't work. Mm. Um, and that like really connected with me. If like, if there's not room at the cross for everyone, if you tell people you got to clean up before you can come to it, mm. then the cross doesn't work. The cross is broken. Yeah, that has always baffled me as somebody who, like, grew up Christian, like, went to the Jesus camp, <laughs> where it was, like, <laughs> the entire concept of, like, Christianity is built on somebody making a sacrifice in order to save humanity so that we didn't have to heavily police ourselves with, like, Old Testament rules and things like that. So why still do that? <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah, I, for myself, I definitely, like, there were, like, my loss of touch with Christianity was primarily not related to the shit that I was dealt for being gay within that community, but also it was certainly a factor um, the very first person I came out to, uh, who was accepting, then went to a Catholic college, and then 
immediately told me that I wasn't with Jesus, uh, that I was greedy, that ooh. I need to just pick a side, um, all that stuff. So it's like, it's it's hard to ignore how this <laughs> system completely continues marginalization in so many ways. Yeah, there's a big, a big thing that I saw as like uh, a flaw in the system was it's uh, treatment of women and once you get mm-hmm. into that once you once you start digging into that the gay argument also completely falls apart so my understanding of theology was always that there are verses in the new testament that say things like a woman can't speak or have authority over a man she must be silent and stuff mm-hmm. like that and I personally have never been to any evangelical church that says women aren't allowed to speak in a service. Like, that's buck wild. I do know that there are some weird ones out there that do say stuff like that. Sure. But at least in modern, contemporary evangelicalism, no one would follow that rule. Mm, Right. Um, And they would say, oh, yeah, like, that was for that time and only for that time, and we don't follow that now. (laughs) But... They'll also say women can't be pastors and women can't teach. And uh, I, you said, oh, well, why? Like, why can't women be pastors? And they'll say, oh, well, that rule connects back to Old Testament stuff. And if something is true in the Old and in the New Testament, we still try and follow it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the verse where Paul says women can't speak in church, he connects back to Eve like he he literally says that's why so if you're willing to apply that same rule across the board then like you should be following this other buck wild sexist shit and if you're saying we don't have to follow the extreme case then why are you still enforcing this bar on women pastors like that doesn't make theological sense there's not a consistency in your your rules there same thing with like Women wearing makeup and jewelry. Paul says women can't wear makeup. Women can't wear jewelry. It's prideful and it's distracting and stuff. No one in modern evangelical Christianity enforces that. Right. At least not in the contemporary sense because it's extreme and it's weird and it doesn't make sense. But y'all will like live and die on this hill (laughs) that women can't be pastors. Mm -hmm. Um, And so once you start getting into, I think, the the sexism in contemporary evangelical culture. Um, You then start seeing the same inconsistencies applied to the rules of homosexuality and, Mm -hmm. uh, and like queerness. And um, I know quite a few women in the church who are like fighting for change with how women are treated, but still also trying to apply the same bullshit to queer people. And it's like, y'all, we should be allies. Like, we should be on the same side here. Because yeah. it's it's the same logic. It's the same rules that they're applying to uh, women with their sexism that they're applying to queer people. And I think a lot of queer phobia is rooted inherently in patriarchy and in sexism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's the same battle. It's the same beast. Um, and that uh, that definitely, with my like queer studies, became inherently like a gender studies uh, with with the church. Mm. I <laughs> I've been I've been kind of quiet, and I mean, listeners will not be shocked to hear that I, the person who cannot choose one name or one gender uh, or one set of pronouns, um, also have a complicated relationship with religion. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but like, even as uh, a child, cause my family, uh, I call it church hopping. <laughs> mm. We went around to all different churches of different de- denominations and I wasn't thinking critically about it cause I was a baby, but I, I, on some level, I was always really confounded by just like the cognitive dissonance, the, the, of like, love your neighbor, uh, except for those ones, uh, the, the picking and choosing of like. Uh, saying being gay is a sin while eating a, a, a shrimp cocktail. <laughs> like... <clears throat> the, like, the harshness, the the total brutality that Jesus has for the rich. 
is mm-hmm. never talked about. Mm-hmm. Is never talked about. And, like, it makes me so fucking mad to see Jerry Falwell Jr., like, coming after trans people and coming after queer people and going after the BLM movement and shit from his mansions mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and the buck wild stuff he did with his pool boys and stuff and I'm like you are like like Jesus would rail against you like Jesus yep. would tear liberty down brick by brick yep and like you have the audacity to throw the Bible at people. Yep, have fun passing through that needle's eye. <laughs> yeah, like my dude, you just miss it. Um, and I don't, I don't think he believes in any of it. I, I, I firmly believe that he is a a con artist. Um, but the fact that he's like held up by people as like this this evangelical icon, and I'm like, who like none of your heroes should be rich if you're a Christian. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, it is, it is not possible to follow Jesus and be wealthy. The, the two contradict each other. I, I attended a service recently, which I, I don't make a habit of. I just think the cantor is mad cute, but, um, <laughs> ah, yes, there you go. There you go. Uh, but like the, the sermon was bringing up, you know, current events and was like oh but jesus peaceful blah 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 and i was just like can we talk about the jesus that flipped tables though i want to talk about he that made a jesus. <laughs> yeah one of my uh like big papers i wrote in seminary was about how uh this is like a fun debate topic in evangelical circles is like did jesus do one temple clearing or two because oh. in the one gospel, it's at the start of his ministry, and at the other gospel, it's at the end. And some people say, like, oh, well, for thematic reasons, uh, the one author just moved it. Hmm. Huh. Um, which, like, is fine. Like, that could be a stylistic choice for sure. Uh, sure. But I was adamant that, no, Jesus felt so strongly about this that he bookmarked his ministry with it. Like, he started his ministry by doing it, and when he knew that he was about to sacrifice himself when he knew his death was coming he did it a second time because it was that important to him yeah and yeah. the the differences in the two stories i think are are very clear that this is two separate events and that jesus just was so mad about it he did it twice <laughs> hell yeah this is the first time i'm hearing about this debate and i already have chosen a, a, a hill i will die on yeah <laughs> I'll I'll shoot you my old term paper if I can find it somewhere. Oh, uh, please. <laughs> uh, so, Andy, what is something you would like to tell cishet people for the very last time, and then you never have to hear about it again? Oh boy, um, <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about this, and uh, just shut the fuck up. Oh, <laughs> just just shut the fuck up. I, uh, I, I saw a friend, uh, who I know through like LARPing cosplay posed the question, uh, if like a certain type of cosplay is transphobic, like, like gender bending is, is that transphobic or could it be considered transphobic? And mm. every comment on this massive thread was like, oh, well I'm cis, but, and I was like, oh, cool, cool. You can shut up. Cause guess what? No one cares what the fuck you think if you're cis. You don't get to weigh in on if something is or is not transphobic. Like, this isn't for you. Be quiet. Mm. And uh, quite a few people were like, oh, well, uh, I should still have an opinion. It's like, no, you don't get to. You don't get to have an opinion on if something is transphobic. Your whole purpose should be to just listen to trans voices weigh in on this topic. And if you're not genderqueer listen and learn and so that goes for straight people too if it's not about you then shut the fuck up and maybe you'll learn something (laughs) listening is so important yeah take that energy to one of the other millions of conversations that center you (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and just listen for uh, a bit Yeah, I saw I saw another post by uh, it was during Pride Month. It was like a heathen page, and they talked about how like you can't get to Valhalla without going on the Rainbow Bridge, 
um because i follow some like local pagan shit in my area and someone was like hey like i'm an ally but and he got into this debate about whether or not when you die you go through the rainbow bridge or if the valkyries carry you and the the like moderator like was debating him and i was like hey cool that you're an ally but shut the fuck up because that's not what this post is about you can have that debate somewhere else because guess what you're just distracting from what this post is actually saying Ooh, so shut the fuck yep. up yep. Mm-hmm. i had a uh my my favorite in the world is when the subject of whether or not an act a cisgender actor should be allowed to play a transgender character oh. or not i love when that conversation comes up oh i live for it because i will enter in and be like here's how i feel and somebody will be like oh well it's just how acting works right and i was like I am a transgender actor. There is literally, literally nothing you can tell me. Like, <laughs> I, I went to school for this. I am a professional in the field and transgender. You are speaking to, like, the bastion of this experience. How mm. dare you try to tell me how acting works? <laughs> the literal in authority. In regards to my identity. <laughs> yeah, I've I've definitely moved further and further from uh like not gay as in relates to the the plight of the X Men, but queer as in Cyclops and Magneto were right. Mm, um, and that's my, it. My patience for allies has grown so thin. I'm so tired of their their weak skin as allies and their their inability to truly listen and learn like my patience is so thin with it that like yeah if i could tell cis straight people one thing just shut the fuck up just Mm -hmm. take some time to learn take some time to educate yourself before you have to voice your opinion and rather than voicing your own opinion what you should be doing is raising up queer voices um that is what being an ally would be Mm, yeah, uh, my policy for um, I mean, I have several policies for allyship. Uh, one of them being if you f- are an ally and feel uncomfortable right now, good sit in it. Um, but another policy of mine is if I have an opinion on something that does not center my experience, somebody has already said it better than I could coming from that experience that I'm trying to comment on. So I go ahead and do the research, find somebody who has spoken about this before, who is in that experience, and I share their voice instead of my own. It's not tough to do because we're in the internet age and everybody posts about everything all of the time. Can this also apply to questions? Because the amount of times I've been like, like when I was like, hey everyone, I'm non-binary here, I don't want to explain myself. If you have questions, here are some terms you can Google. And then several people messaged me and were like, what does this mean? How do you feel about this? And it's like, uh, Google. Google Please. exists. <sighs> Please. Um, definitely to the questions, for sure. For sure, for sure. And like, you have other friends who are maybe also not part of the marginalized community who maybe know more than you who you could ask those questions mm-hmm. um like i have a i have a friend ronnie who he's the co-host on one of my podcasts um who he is white but also very very well read on the the current race I don't know what the right word is even right now. But just like, like anti-racism work? Yeah, or? just just the, the, the total bullshit that's been going on with uh, police brutality and the kind of um, pushback against Black Lives Matter mm. that is happening, mm. uh, especially in the church where it shouldn't be happening. And I, I know that his, his heart really pleads for this issue and he's done a lot of the work needed to be well versed to argue as an ally for black lives matter in white circles so when stuff was going on and i realized like shit i don't know enough about this and i need to know more rather than going to one of my black friends who maybe doesn't want to educate another white person on shit they should know 
I went to Ronnie and said, hey, Ronnie, like, what are some good sources I can read? Where can I donate money that I know it's going to the right people? And instead of being a burden on a black friend, I went to an, a white friend who I knew had already put in the time and work who could help me catch up. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not every discussion about a experience you're unfamiliar with doesn't have to be with people who have that experience. It's like they're like if I am feeling frustration about like anti-racism work or systemic racism or things like that, I'll talk to a white friend about it. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> there yeah. are there are conversations that are a lot better to have among your peers. Yeah. Also, like don't don't fucking ask questions about people's genitals. Mm. Ooh, don't please. Yeah. Also, please? why don't God? Why don't like Ooh, I've ha- so don't. I've had some like non-binary friends ask how to tuck, and like that is a, a a question I don't mind in private to another like queer person who right. maybe needs some some tips or some tutorials. But the the amount of like questions I've gotten from like cis friends when I'm presenting femme is like truly buck wild that they would have just the. Uh, the brashness to ask those things yeah, as yeah. I, uh, someone who's an ally, like yeah, and I, I oh think boy, the the difference with questions like that is before you ask someone something like that, you can ask yourself, what do I gain from knowing this? Because if you're a non-binary person who's like, oh, I want some information that can help me and this person might be willing to provide it, but if you're just an ally who's just like, well, then I will know about my friend's genitals. That's weird, right? You can take the moment to think about how yeah. that's weird. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, so like, uh, over the past couple of months, I have been growing my facial hair more, and I had a cis person at my work, uh, ask me if I'm, quote, taking pills to grow out my facial hair, and I was like, well, first of all, that's not how anything works, second of all, I am currently working, but, like, if a non-binary friend was like, oh, how do you do that? I'm like, oh, hell yeah, so what I do is Rogaine every, like, I will, like, lay out the, I will lay out an entire planner for exactly what I do if it means it helps somebody else express their gender better, but I will not fucking do it to satisfy cis trans medical, uh, fucking ideology of like how i need to change my body in order to be trans or not absolutely not oh yeah like if if a if a baby queer is like (laughs) hey like how do you how do you get your chest like yeah girl i got you like yeah i can i can show you what bra to use i can i can show you the right way to to get it going like i got links i'm ready but (laughs) when when uh uh, a straight has the nerve <laughs> to ask me anything. I, 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 I like sh- shut that shit down. So, mm-hmm. so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also like with the, with cosplaying stuff, like Evan and I like to cosplay together. We met at a con through cosplay. Like that is, right. that is something we love to do together. Mm-hmm. There are so few canon queer ships there are so few especially like one of our favorite genres is like fantasy like we love medieval fantasy we love dragon age that was the first thing we did together was dorian and the iron bull but there are so so few canon queer ships um i posted recently like maybe a month ago a picture of our uh fjord and molly cosplay from critical role Mm. and like there's some subtext there. They were roommates. Like they talk <laughs> about how much they they care for each other. They talk about how like deep their relationship is quite a few times. There's some subtext there. Sure. But um it was never like canon and I got like comments from people like some like cowards like PM'd me, but some just posted on the picture like was everything critical role got to be queer? Was everyone want everyone to fuck? And I was just like, "Shut up." Like no one because asked you I to comment so. on this Get shit. Get out of one. here. <laughs> one, no one, no one, no one, no one asked your opinion, my dude. And two, like, if we want to cosplay a couple together, do we just not cosplay anything together then? Because there isn't any queer representation like that. So, yeah. like, 
take the boot out of your ass and fuck <laughs> off. Like, we can cosplay whatever we want. We don't need yeah. your permission, you straight. Yeah, get out of here. People only yeah. do that with, like, queer shit, too, because it's like, I don't know, people are like, I'm going to draw all the characters from this anime as cats, and that's a thing I've seen several times, but no one's ever like, why is everyone going to make everything about cats? Right. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> yeah. So we've spent a lot of time yelling at cishet folks, which I always encourage. Um, but I would love to hear, Andy, what is on your gay agenda? Oh boy, my gay agenda is to um, burn everything down, I think. <laughs> like, like Hell just yeah. just Anders this shit. Just like, <laughs> brick by brick, take it all apart. Um, I'm not joking. <laughs> like, no, no. I'm, like, I'm also not when I say, hell yeah. Everything's bad and everything needs to be rebuilt. Uh, it turns out if you only have like straight white dudes build everything, it's it's bad and wrong and abusive. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. maybe maybe we should get some people of color involved and some women and some queer people and rebuild everything. So like the the evangelical church is so broken and so beyond fixing. Uh, I don't think it can be fixed from the inside. And all of our major institutions are just super fucked and really bad actually so yeah my gay agenda is just take it take it all down yeah uh rebank it re rebuild it and make it make it not suck so bad Mm. yeah i don't have much else to add there i hope i wholeheartedly agree let's rebuild yeah and like i i am a pacifist um like i don't i don't condone um you know acts acts of terror like my good boy anders did but um (laughs) also uh everything's fucked and sometimes you uh gotta have a riot about it so yeah yeah absolutely sometimes violence looks different than what the like i i think that people misinterpret what violence absolutely um it's not just like doing a hit Punching Nazis isn't violence. Yeah, sometimes violence is quiet complacency in a system that abuses and breaks people. Mm-hmm. And um, I inherently believe sitting in the pew on Sunday morning at a homophobic church is an act of violence. I think you are complicit in the sins of that church. Um, you are complicit in the abuse that that church is putting on people, even if you just sit there Sunday morning and you, you know, put your money in the collection plate and leave. You are committing an act of violence by sitting in that pew. So Mm. yeah, I think violence looks differently. Um, I would say that sitting in that church on Sunday is inherently more violent than rioting or looting in a, very worthy protest so yeah and that's the let's let's play a game shall we yeah let's play a fucking game i love games i'm a big nerd it's me your camp counselor jay uh and um andy when when you uh was going through your your guest inquiry email and i so you mentioned your your podcasts ending pending and force friends rewatch and i of course latched onto Force Friends rewatch because I figured it's been a long time since we've done classic My Gay Agenda game, All Your Faves Are Gay. Oh boy, I'm ready. <laughs> I was about to say, Andy, we've like just met, but I already know you're going to be into this one. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. So we are playing All Your Faves Are Gay, Star Wars edition. And it's a, it's a pretty simple game. We just name some Star Wars characters and then decide, are they queer? Probably. <laughs> Are you ready? Let's do this. I'm so ready. All right. We're going to start with my fave boy, Luke. Oh, Luke and Wedge are fucking. Right? <laughs> yeah. That that hug at the party in the Ewok village at the end of Return of the Jedi is so charged. Mm. So charged, that hug. The energies. Mm. <laughs> I I know Mara Jade's not canon anymore, so I don't even have to, like, calculate. 
But I've always been like, all right, if not gay, bi with a strong preference for men. Mara Jade, like when she was first written to, um, that was before Timothy Zahn knew how to write women. Uh, he only just recently learned how to write women. Um, oh, congrats for him. Yeah, twenty like 2017 was the first time he wrote an interesting female character. Um, uh, and like, it was so clearly like a no homo for Luke uh, when she was first introduced. She gradually became more interesting as other writers got a hold of her. And like, don't get me wrong, like Marjade is a great character by the by the time where she, like, becomes independent of just, like, the Luke's no homo. <laughs> but starting out, she was bad. Mm. Mm-hmm. I have some strong Star Wars opinions. Luke is a gay. Luke yes. is a gay. Hands down. <laughs> All right. Segway. Rhymes with gay. How about Ray? Oh, Ray is a feral sand lesbian <laughs> who, um... Her and Jessica Pava, I ship it very hard. I know a lot of people ship Ray and Rose, which is also oh. like, which is mm. also strong, a strong choice. Um, I think Rose and Lieutenant Connix are, you know, maybe a better couple. I like Ray and Pava, but yeah, Ray is Ray is, uh, like uh, a trans lesbian for sure. Trans lesbian, yes. Okay, I love that for her. All right. Cool. I uh. Okay. All right. How about Darth Vader? Good old Annie. Annie? Um, so Annie is someone who I never pictured as gay, and I have two friends, and I'm totally forgetting their cosplay handles, but um, they do a really good Obi-Wan and Anakin and take, like, these, like, shippy pictures, and it awoke something in me, for sure. <laughs> it helps that, like, both Evan and I have a huge crush on these cosplayers. Um, but... Yeah, I, I can see Anakin as being bi. Mm. I did read, like, a really smutty fic once that stuck with me where Anakin and Cat Bane, you know, some stuff happened. Uh, so, yeah, I can see it. How, I buy it. How, how do y'all feel? I'm pitching this to the council about trans-Anakin. Trans-Akin? Trans-Akin. I, I think any story where, like transformation as a major theme is inherently more interesting through a genderqueer lens like i cosplay cinderella and i like keep my beard when i do it and i fill it with glitter yes and it's so uh, good i think that's like that story through a genderqueer lens is so much more powerful uh i also think of like captain america and spider-man which are like Mm. inherently more powerful as trans narratives especially captain america like you watch the first avenger and you see him getting rejected from the military because he's trans he's like this little trans boy and then like you see him like become captain america and like he's telling like peggy like he has little steve like oh yeah like no one ever wants to dance with me i'm waiting for the right partner and she's like I'm going to ride this, like, trans boy so hard. (laughs) And then, like, her first, like, reaction to seeing, like, big buff post-trans formation Steve is to, like, touch his chest. Like, Mm. there's so many, like, little things in that movie that, like, as a trans narrative, it's better. Uh, Anakin into Darth Vader is a really dark look at that. Um, Which is, like pretty brutal um but like if a trans person was writing that story like that could be really interesting Mm. uh as a cis person writing that story i think would be a train wreck yes uh and really damaging but there is there is uh there's something there there is a like a transformation story there through like a dark a dark lens Mm. i'm into it oh yeah okay all right. How about Leia? <laughs> Middle fingers up to so, the sky for Carrie. <laughs> I personally see Leia as straight, but, but. transboy Han. So oh. I I see Leia in this uh, straight relationship with a trans man. Personally, that's how I see it. <laughs> 
I think Leia is like the one good ally. Mm. Yep. Yeah, and like there there are definitely people who have embraced like by Leia, and I would never take that headcanon from anyone. If you see Leia as by, like for sure, I support you. Um, trans Han is something that I think is really interesting. Oh yeah. Um, and like his relationship with Lando and even with Beckett in the solo movie takes on like this new lens of like Han is this young trans man who like doesn't quite know how to be a man. And he gets these two like masculine role models and stuff. And he starts like trying to mimic them and copy them and be like in some way, like become then. And he, he kind of takes some of their more toxic traits and then has to work Mm. through that. Mm. Um, and he has to like find his own, version of masculinity um i've also always had a headcanon that han didn't know how to dress before he met lando and when he won the lando he got or when he won the falcon he got lando's wardrobe (laughs) and so lando at the end of empire isn't wearing han's clothes he just got his closet back that like was on the falcon and so he's like oh these clothes i haven't seen these since i lost this ship and like that's why he puts them on (laughs) it makes that scene infinitely less weird Oh, I love, I love that. that. Like, love that. Han, Han pre-meeting Lando was wearing, like, fucking cargo shorts and, like, uh, a monster tee that was, like, two sizes too big. Yes. <laughs> he, he, just didn't know yes. How to, he just didn't know how to dress yet. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Those are my four big ones. Now we're going to go into what I call the force lightning round. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> All God right. Damn. I'm just going to throw names at you. Force lightning round. This Chewbacca. Okay. Obi-Wan. Ooh. Bye. C-3PO. I mean, gay. <laughs> Twink. Next question. Finn. Oh, Finn is Finn is super bi. Mm. Finn is very, very bi. Poe. Mm-hmm. So gay. Yes. The gayest. Yes. Okay. Uh, Yoda. <laughs> problematic. <laughs> He's like a problematic gay. I get that. I get that. Yoda's gay, but he had to make a long Facebook post a couple of weeks ago. Right? Yoda's... Right? Or Yoda Yoda is gay, but he's also, like, super out of touch with the community. Yes. And, like, doesn't speak for it. But he thinks he still does. Mm-hmm. He's gay, but he believes in trans-trenders. Yeah. He, Yoda, Yoda's, Yoda's problematic. <laughs> I do want to circle back to Obi-Wan just for a second, because do, you, do y'all know that, um, that John Mulaney bit? Or about being like an old queen, just like, stand back, everybody. I just want to feed my birds. <laughs> That's <Yes>. my Obi-Wan. <laughs> Obi-Wan has such good sexual chemistry with, like, everyone. Mm. Like, his his chemistry with Maul in Clone Wars and then that one episode of Rebels is, like, real palpable. But then he also has, like, a really weird sexual chemistry with Ventress, who is... Like, 100% a lesbian, but they still have, like, this weird, like, chemistry together. And then he's got chemistry with Satine, of course. And he's got chemistry with grown-up Anakin, like... Pan Queen Ob- Obi-Wan. Yeah, Obi-Wan's, like the, the, like, the biggest whore in space. Yes. You're for it. And I love that for Yeah, him. I embrace that. Horror's not a bad thing. All right, on that beautiful note, right, we are concluding our game of All Your Faves Are Gay, Star Wars Edition. Thank you for this playing. This was very fun. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, and thank you for being on the show, Andy. Is there anything you would like to plug? Well, uh, I have I have two podcasts. Uh, they're both very, very gay. The first is called Ending Pending, where we review TV shows that have only lasted a single season, and we are like, crime scene investigators trying to figure out like what worked, what didn't work and why it got canceled. Uh, you can also find me bi-weekly on force friends rewatch, uh, where we deep dive star Wars TV. I watch a lot of TV for my podcast. It's <laughs> very time consuming and a bad idea. Um, <laughs> I am going to be coming out on a show that I think is going to be titled good neighbors, which is going to be a monster of the week campaign. Ooh. Where I'm playing, like, a modern-day non-binary warlock who is in way over their head in service of uh, this weird, creepy 
powerful being and I'm just trying to get as much power as I can from him. And I'm a bartender. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be a real fun show. Uh, I don't know when that's dropping, but follow me on Twitter at One Hat Town, or follow my cosplay page uh, at Wording Cosplay on Instagram, and you can uh, see me talk about the the stuff I do. Yeah. yeah. If uh, if you want to tweet more queer Star Wars headcanons at me, I'm on Twitter at underscore glittergoblin underscore, and I link to other social medias from there. And you can find My Gay Agenda on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you're there, why not give us stars? <laughs> just as many stars as you want to. Um, All of the stars. Yeah, just whatever stars you have laying around, just just hand them over. Um, and you can also follow us on Spotify, and that's a really good way to see when we publish a new episode, you can find us on Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash mygayagenda. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Our handle is gayagendacast. And uh, if you if you like what we do and you want to hang out on a monetary level, um, we also have a Patreon where we release bonus content. Usually it's uh, my partner Tim and I watching a movie that one or both of us missed out on in childhood. Um, I recently had to watch The Mask for the first time. Oh boy. Um, so that's going to be dropping soon. Uh, yeah, Andy, your face is correct. Uh, oh boy. So you'll get to hear my takes about The Mask if you join us. Like Rachel, somebody stop her Higgins, and <laughs> Tiny Snail. They should have the theme song up on there too soon. Yeah. Um, a, 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 oh, yeah. A queer reboot of The Mask called The Femme. Is that anything? <laughs> <laughs> the Mask for The Mask. The Mask for The Mask. <laughs> oh boy. This is good. Y'all, thank you so much for having me on. Like, I'm just, I really love your show and uh, it's always a bright spot in my day when I get to listen to it and uh, I am very thankful that I got to hang out in this very queer space with y'all. It's an absolute delight talking to you. Yeah. yeah I'm glad we got to chat with you. Jay, oh. want to sign us out? Uh, yeah, um, uh, until next time, put this in your gay agenda. Change the world. Love yourself. Flip some tables. Maybe twice. Yeah. It's up for debate. Fuck yeah. I'm, in, I'm into that. <laughs> and that's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda.